rapidly evolving expectations in the housing market. That was intense. That's what we're going to talk about today, though. Um, Mortgage Professionals Canada published a couple of exciting reports, as they do every year, but they're on top of it right now, having uh, published in August, September, October, and December, four different reports about how people are feeling about the economy, uh, housing in general, and some interesting stats for buyers and renters. So we're going to walk through our findings of an infographic for the most recent publishing in September and a little bit from August and before and give you some commentary on that. If you are someone in the market or someone thinking about getting the market, I think you're going to enjoy our commentary. We'll do our best to make it fun and spice it up. But before we get into that, before we get into that, we have to talk about the five-star review of the week. As always, we are very appreciative of the listeners that we have on the show and for you to share our podcast with other people. Again, the only ticket for entry from anyone is to just share and help provide um, good content to people that are out there. We don't ask for much else. So on May 2nd, so we're a little behind here, but we're going back. Uh, DJ Lofty, I think I know who this is, but DJ Lofty, please send us a message. We want to say thank you. He says, highly recommend the podcast is highly relevant to the weekly happenings of the Vancouver real estate market and is clear concise and entertaining. Thank you, sir. I've learned a lot so far and look forward to future episodes. Thank you, DJ Lofty. You're getting a lovely Thrive mug and some coffee coming your way. Uh, Just send us your address and we will get that right over to you. So again, I'm Alex McFadden. This is my partner, Dean Lawton and Derek Derek Williamson. We are uh, mortgage brokers here at Thrive Mortgage Co. and we help make our clients money in real estate. We're excited for you guys to listen to this episode. If you love the show, leave a review. Let Let us know what you think and we'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We are here today to talk about uh, some interesting stats that have recently been published by Mortgage Professionals Canada. Um, as if you guys don't know, uh, Mortgage Professionals Canada is uh, an, a, obviously an advocate association for mortgage brokers across Canada and advocates for consumers for the most part. Um, but they published some interesting reports uh, ever since COVID has uh, occurred and happened. There's just been so much interest in not only the housing market, but what's happening to homeowners, what's their confidence level uh, going forward. And um, they're going to be publishing four consecutive reports so two right now we have two reports in hand one was uh in august september we've got october and then we'll have a little gap before december and this really touches on uh, again consumer confidence how people feel about buying a home or not buying a home regrets uh what positions they're in and and really 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 interesting stats today so uh what we're gonna do today is we're actually gonna go through the uh, the infographic so we can just kind of focus on some key details which we'll publish as well uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast or if you are uh, watching this right now we'll also pu- publish this on our blog so you guys can read through it we're going to kind of touch on some of the key points and just our experiences and what we're seeing and just it's more of a conversational uh, episode and we'd love to hear feedback if you have been impacted are not impacted by what's happened and what your feelings are going forward on a lot of the topics so um, as always, uh, I'm Alex, Dean, Derek are with me here today, and uh, we've already given away a mug, so make sure, guys, uh, to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this up with everybody because it keeps us going on Saturdays at 1.45 in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> 
So Dean, where do you want to get started on this one, man? Yeah, it's, I think one of the one of the biggest uh, pieces that jumped out to me from this report was just the fact that 98% of homeowners are currently happy with their decision to buy a home and choosing home ownership, which was uh, which was a pretty big number to that jumped out immediately. Yeah, you got to be curious as to what the two percent are and their reasons, right? For sure. And, and, and yeah, so the other, yeah, obviously the flip side to that is 2% are regretting their decision to, to buy a home and choose home ownership. So it could be the fact that maybe that home was too big or too small or in the could wrong have area. Bought at the wrong time, right? We've For seen sure. some people that are taking a bit of a loss on pre-sale purchases right now and never know. Yeah. yeah. Interesting on that note. So just staying on that same statistic. So homeowners happy with the decision to buy a home from August to September. And by the way, this was uh, a survey published with uh, a thousand individuals, not all are homeowners with mortgages. I think it was 650. Uh, they had had a, a mortgage, uh, another 300 or so um, are not homeowners. So they're renters. And then the rest are like living with parents went up from 90% who were happy in August up to 98% in September. So just like that over the course of a month. So, um, what else could you derive from that? The market has been very, very strong and stable in certain areas. Right. And I think that could maybe, you know, I'm sure going through COVID, a lot of people were concerned if they had purchased at that time, what is going to happen. And just seeing that the market is staying very strong and stable and actually picking up in most markets could maybe kind of justify that purchase for a lot of people. Yeah, I think we've seen more listings come on month over month too. Like for a period of time when we were in the first wave and the second wave, like there was hardly any new inventory coming into the market. So, you know, maybe somebody was buying out of a necessity that was just not ideal because there just wasn't much to choose from. Where now there's uh, there's a lot more inventory, so there's a lot more choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if we look at September, just from a standpoint of people who are happy who own real estate right now, which again, it might be an obvious statement, but not everyone always is. Um, when the August report was published, it showed resale activity in Canada below what it was pre-COVID. So in August, believe it or not, it wasn't up to where we were at in say like February at the start of the year. Since that timeline, we've seen uh, the resale activity jump all the way up to, well, what's considered the highest uh, potential that we've ever seen in history. So September uh, report is showing right now that we're, we're about to basically eclipse the, the, the highest number of sales per thousand yeah, uh, historically. Uh, in I resale. think that was like a 40 year comparison. And we've got to keep in mind that is all of Canada, but I would say largely the greater Toronto market and greater Vancouver market are probably what's pushing a lot of those stats, but still it's crazy to see like it, it, July was the busiest month yeah. in 40 years. It's kind of like this thought too, uh, when you hold a stock and you see that stock drop in value, you generally speaking feel kind of crappy if you're watching it every single day, like, ah, like this is an ideal for some people other people may have a little bit more level head. And I feel like to a degree, that's a lot of what we hear from homeowners too, where if they're watching the market and they're watching the news and they see their values drop or they look at that e-value assessment, they're like, ah, you know what? My 2018 assessment was, you know, 500. Now it only shows 430 and I'm seeing less mark, you know, less uh, happen in the marketplace. You know, I'm maybe not feeling as positive. And now since everyone's seeing these values go through the roof again, feeling really good and really confident and strong, and which is obviously a, a key in dictating why people are still continuing to to buy and sell. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, the next uh, category they talk about is, is and this is just the opposite of people who actually regret their homeownership, 2%. I think we spent enough time kind of walking through that, but uh, 
you know, I think we're always going to have a small subset, but that's the lowest I've ever seen in any of these generated reports. And I don't know if you guys have seen anything different. No, I would agree with that for sure. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have much to add on that. It's interesting to see like just some of the reasons why uh, current owners are looking to make a change in the next three to five years. I think that was the next category that we're going to jump into. And, you know, th- the home is just no longer suitable size location. I think that's kind of probably the most common reason why people come to us to buy their next home, whether they're moving up or downsizing or, you know, just not happy with the school or the parks or it's becoming more, more crime in the area than, than expected. So I think the biggest theme I see from all of this is it's been pretty consistent year over year. Like these, these stats don't look much different from where they were in 2019. So COVID and everything that's gone on, isn't making a you know much of an impact of why people are selling and why people are buying yeah so there's a stat of four percent um four percent of people have said that they might want to move or buy um because they can no longer actually afford the current property which is a very very low stat which means that affordability isn't a huge factor in most people's moves i mean outside of four percent of the population or the people that were in this poll, but um, even going through something like COVID where there's obviously been dramatic amounts of, of income loss and, and layoffs, uh, seeing that stat at 4% is, it actually looks pretty good. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I think a lot of people potentially look at buying, you know, bigger homes or buying more than they need. Um, but not a lot, but uh, the fact that that's a 4% stat. It, it is low, but I think it's something that's always been in around that range. So it's just interesting for me to see when comparing it to 2019, these numbers aren't really any different. Mm-hmm. Conversely, like looking at these stats right here, it does say that um, in, in August. So again, what was the number one thing that we heard for people that were moving post COVID was, well, one of two things we were waiting before to buy and now we're going to do it, uh, but it was actually size and location. Like we, we wanted to have a little bit more space. We wanted a little bit more area. Um, interesting to see that people aren't having issues with affordability, contrary to popular belief. Uh, but home is no longer the suitable uh, size or location being the number one. And so the two most common situations that we're seeing and dealing with right now aren't people just lateral moving. We're seeing people move up to more space, more house, uh, co-buying with families to get a, a very, very big house or quite literally moving out of the city. Um, a very, very big thing right now. So to see the number one reason for people looking to buy in the next couple of years is, is because of the size and location. It continues to be over a third of people is for that reason. That reason alone is quite interesting. Uh, renters actually echo the same sentiment. Like why would a renter want to um, buy in the next uh three to five years, consistent August to September, we were looking at about 30% of people want to live in a nicer property, which is really interesting. And, and almost no one said it was because they couldn't afford. So people actually still see housing as obviously a good investment, but a place that they can make their own, which is uh, pretty key. Yeah. And we talked about this in our last podcast about relocating. Where people actually um, smartly consider their real estate an investment. Any thoughts on that, Dirk? I think the craziest part about that is that 75% of homeowners actually don't think it's an investment when it's probably the biggest investment that they own. Like they're not even thinking about how much wealth creation that property is creating for them um, for retirement or whatever, right? It's interesting to see that people don't think about it like that. 
That's a good point, conversely. So three out of four people. So if you're one of those people that are listening to this and or watching this right now, uh, we definitely have some ways that we can work on uh, changing your mind. It is the number one asset that you'll ever own um, and can be considered very strong and should be for everyone considered investment. So uh, thanks for pointing out. That's that's really interesting. Um, as far as uh, uh, deferrals, like let's just talk about this for a second because this has been a very hot topic. At least it was back in what was it, I guess, March, where our phones did not stop ringing for three weeks asking about the deferral program. Um, just just kind of walking through the statistics right now on people that are, are expected um, uh, expected difficulty in making mortgage payments, we're, we're finding that the vast amount of people are not expecting any issues at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 72% of first-time home buyers are expecting no difficulty and making their mortgage payments and 75% for repeat buyers. So that's a massive number in my opinion. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, like, so just again, conversely, people who are expecting what we would consider to be a lot of difficulty, again, keeping in mind, this is a Canadian based survey. So it's not just town, you know, Toronto or Vancouver. I think these numbers would actually be lower in major cities. Um, only, uh, 6% of first time buyers are expecting a lot of difficulty and 4% of re- repeat buyers are, are expecting uh, a lot of difficulty. And again, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that most of those people are probably in locations outside of your typical cities or in the Maritimes that were more greatly affected than, you know, the Western cities or, 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 uh, you know, uh, downtown cores for that matter. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for anyone that's in that position, obviously. And the deferrals have been, I believe it was extended once already, but they could be coming to an end. I think it's going to be up to, as of right now, the federal government hasn't come out enforcing further deferrals. So there's a chance that some lenders could cut that off, which could cause issues for some some of these people. So planning ahead is really important. But I don't know what you guys have seen. Personally, I've probably seen 10 to 15 of our clients that have deferred. Uh, the funny thing is that a lot of them didn't actually have any financial impact from COVID. They heard from a family member or a friend that it might be a good idea to defer so that they could maybe sock some money away or invest or what have you. So we've seen a lot of people deferring for the wrong reasons. Um, and I've had a couple clients that have investment properties and the tenants stop paying. And as soon as they stopped paying, they decided to defer. Yeah, we'll touch on this in a future episode, but we have seen it noted on a credit bureau that a deferral plan was set up. So it's not, it's not setting up, it's not a negative impact on your credit bureau, but it is a known fact that you did defer. So it's again, it's not negative, but it's going to pose a question of what was going on. What was the story? So if there wasn't a job loss and you just took it for the wrong reason, we don't know how that's going to impact you. It could impact you negatively. So that's interesting to see. Yeah. So, so in, in summary, as far as the, the future deferrals, they're all set to run out here uh, in, I believe, September and October for most people. Though, that's when we'll be at the six month mark. And so, uh, you know, CMHC was predicting that we were going to fall off a def- debt cliff. But funny enough, there was actually a report published recently by a gentleman named Dan Eisner in uh, one of the uh, mortgage uh, uh, professional groups on Facebook that we we have a, a thousands of members across Canada and uh, he, he's he runs a lender and showed that um, uh, his uh, statistics actually showed that people have been voluntarily going back to pay back their mortgage over the course of the last four months 
month over month over month. People are actually electing not to defer their program anymore and pay those uh, mortgage payments, which is quite interesting and is contrary to what uh, Evan Siddell of uh, CMHC said, which is essentially expect everything to kind of fall off uh, because people won't be able to make those payments. I, for one, will be very interested to hear because much like to your point, Derek, um, I actually don't think I've talked to a single person who deferred their mortgage for more than a month, maybe two months at most, who hasn't started paying, who could. Meaning, to your point, I think a lot of the people that I talked to who deferred were actually people that didn't have to, or it was for a tenant situation, and now they're back at it. Mm -hmm. So, curious. Um, moving forward on, on, on home buying expectations, really interesting stats here to consider. A lot of people expected, you know, with what was happening, people would just stay put and not make a move. And, you know, obviously I think a lot's happening day by day, month by month right now for people to understand. But let's talk about, you know, what that's showing right now for current homeowners impact on buying their next home. I don't know if one of you guys wants to take that off. Yes. So current owners are essentially, they're 75% assume no impact on, on their home buying expectations. So again, a, a huge number there uh, with 7% purchasing sooner. So because of COVID-19, they're looking to per 7% are looking to purchase sooner than, than maybe what they uh, previously expected. And we have about 19% delaying a purchase. Yeah. So, so all in all over 80% of people are still going to move forward just like they were before. And uh, even a portion of those saying that they would move forward uh, earlier. And again, these are stats that came that were collected uh, in the end of August, early September that were just published. Um, really, really interesting to see that because again, I think that a lot of people expected most people to just hold off and wait and wait and wait. But I, uh, you know, relative to the previous month where we saw those statistics actually uh, higher in regards to waiting, um, we're seeing the the opposite occur where people are like, no, I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna buy and and uh, and get right into the market. And I mean, Derek, you've seen that with a lot of your own clients, hey? Yeah, I mean, I th honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people don't think about, or maybe they do think about, but interest rates, like they are so dramatically low, it's insane. It's mind blowing how low interest rates are and how much of an impact it makes on not only your monthly payments, but the cost of interest, the cost of borrowing how much additional principal you're paying down. So um, I think that's one of the key factors that's really making this make sense for a lot of people. Well, I mean, let's just talk about that for a second, because in um, if we're going to take a $500,000 mortgage at a 2% interest rate uh, today, let's just use that as an example, your monthly payment's about $1,846. That's based on a 30-year amortized loan. In 2018, a similar mortgage was about, let's say, 3.59%. 2262. So that's almost a $400 difference in your monthly payment, which is the equivalent to an extra $100,000 of mortgage money today. To put that all into context, you know, from 2018 to today, we have not seen prices actually go up very much from 2018, 2019, yes, because it was soft. So it's actually more affordable today to buy a home than it was two years ago, purely because of interest rates. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that because last year, obviously, we saw the softening. Yeah, that's a good point. A know your numbers. Yeah. Know your numbers, exactly. guys. Know your numbers. <laughs> um, really interesting. Uh, let's just touch on renters and how they feel right now, if anybody wants to chime in. But uh, 40, so this, this has had more of an impact on renters, which, again, 
I think this says a lot about having a home and owning a home as an investment and how strong an investment that really is and how good of a position that can put you in because we saw a, a lot lot more uh, renters change their mind. 41% of them having no impact on their plans to buy a home, 16% saying they're gonna buy sooner, and 42% of renters said they were gonna delay their purchase. So I don't know, commentary on that, guys? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what to make of the 42% that delayed. Uh, for me, it, that seems like a big number, but f I always found like renters, there's a, it, they, they're always kind of sitting on the fence in a way. And I wonder, I would like to see what that stat looked like prior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause I feel like it's almost like a 50, 50 ratio with renters. Home owners have the leverage of being able to use that equity to do something else. And they're already in the market. So that first leap already occurred to your point. It seems so scary for a lot of people just to get into the market and make that first leap, yeah, right? For sure. I think 100%. what this says to me is just, is get in, like get in when you can, because obviously it's been proven that over time, at least statistics uh, time and time and again, uh, continue to show that people who own uh, real estate, generally speaking, are wealthier overall. Uh, obviously there's you know some situations that's not the case, but overall. Yeah, and like you said earlier, like nobody wants to see the value of your home go down. But what I tell everybody is even if prices do come down, cause they likely will, if you're going to own real estate for the rest of your life, you're going to see it go up and down, but it's not really relevant unless you're actually trying to refinance or sell your property in that down market. Right? So as long as you can hold it and you have a place to live that you're comfortable with, it'll be a very good long-term investment. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying buying a home, generally speaking, is a smart financial decision. For sure. I mean, your house goes down $100,000 next year. Okay, not ideal. But if you don't sell at that point, it doesn't actually realize, right? Yeah. And you're paying down your principal yeah. month over month. So it's a, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say this can never be a blanket statement for every single individual in every single city in, in, in the country. But, you know, for people who are living in, again, a major core or city where we do see the appreciation or who need a place to live and or who have a, generally speaking, steady job, a very good decision. Um, if you're holding off and getting into the market, you should be talking to us for sure, because there's a lot of people who aren't thinking about uh, co-applying with someone, even for a couple of years, looking at the possibility of getting an early inheritance to get your down payment, uh, whatever it is get into the market i mean i can attest to that and most of our clients can and and so forth so uh any other closing thoughts on these studies guys like anything else that you want to share as we uh kind of end the uh the show around this just one quick one it's not actually in the infographic but it's in the full report about some changes in employment situations and it, there's a lot here but just quickly it was interesting to see that 16% of people were not working before COVID and that number is, uh, is actually still about the same. So that was interesting to me. And then just some, some, some stats on impaired income. So, you know, people that have maybe seen less hours because of COVID, it was only a 20% number for, for homeowners and, uh, and 19% and that that's continued to drop. So we've seen people come back to work in first wave, second wave. Uh, so that was just an interesting piece to me, just seeing that, um, overall about 60% of people have seen no impact, uh, from their income. So yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, uh, about, uh, uh, digging deeper in the stats in the next year, 
people who are either whether they have a mortgage or they don't have a mortgage compared to fall of 2018 all the way up to the second wave uh quote unquote second wave of uh, covid uh every single survey that's been published has shown that people in the next year want to uh, become homeowners and the statistics are showing that uh consistently more people are hoping to become homeowners whether they're renters or not and that's an interesting uh, stat and that's an Almost all categories say that in the next year or in the next two years, they'd like to either uh, upsize or buy uh, buy a home um, compared to 2018. So consumer confidence is up. Uh, people are feeling strong and uh, hey, people want to own a home. So I still think you guys have a, a good investment opportunity ahead of you there. 100%. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I should say, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. As always, if you're loving the show, make sure to uh, rate us on iTunes. Five stars is awesome. Please send us a, a, a message or a screenshot or anything else, uh, and we'll make sure to get you one of our fancy little Thrive mugs. Uh, and if you ask us nicely, we might give you some delicious coffee as well. Have a fantastic afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all again very soon.